0: Chapter 11 of Mother West Wind When Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mother West Wind When Stories by Thornton W. Burgess. Chapter 11 When Old Mr. Hare Became a Turncoat. Turncoat isn't considered a very nice name to call anyone. You see, it is supposed to mean one who has turned traitor, as it were, has been on one side and has gone over to the other side. If a soldier who was fighting for France should go over to the German army and fight for Germany against France, he would be a turncoat. Benedict Arnold, of whom you have read in history, was a turncoat. But the meaning isn't always bad. Just take the case of Jumper the Hare. In summer he wears a coat of brown, but in winter he wears a coat of white, the white of the pure-driven snow. So you see, he is a turncoat, but in his case it doesn't mean anything bad at all. On the contrary, it means something rather nice and very interesting. Now, you know Jumper is the cousin of Peter Rabbit, and looks very much like Peter Rabbit, save that he is very much larger and has longer hind legs and longer ears. But Peter wears the same little homely brown coat in winter that he does in summer, the only difference being that it is thicker and so warmer. I am afraid that Peter has sometimes let a little envy creep into his heart, when he has met his cousin wearing a coat of pure white. Be that as it may, Peter puzzled over the matter a great deal, until he found out from Grandfather Frog how it happens that Jumper has such a lovely winter coat. It happened one evening in early June, when Peter was hopping along down the lone little path through the green forest, that he met Jumper and stopped to gossip for a few minutes. He had not seen Jumper since gentle sister Southwind had swept away the last of the winter's snow. Then Jumper's coat had been white. Now it was brown. This reminded Peter that he never had been able to tease Jumper into telling him how he could change his coat that way. None of Peter's other friends of the winter seemed to know, for he had asked all of them, and each had told him to ask Grandfather Frog. Of course, Peter couldn't do that in winter, because Grandfather Frog was then fast asleep in the mud at the bottom of the smiling pool. With the coming of spring, he had forgotten all about the matter. Now, at sight of Jumper once more, it all came back to him. When Peter and Jumper parted, Peter started for the smiling pool, lipperty, lipperty, lip. He arrived there quite out of breath. Grandfather Frog smiled a big, broad smile. Before Peter could say a word, Grandfather Frog spoke. If you will catch a foolish green fly for me, Peter, I'll tell you the story, said he. For a full minute, Peter couldn't find his tongue, he was so surprised. "'How do you know what story I want?' he stammered at last. "'I don't know, but that doesn't make any difference,' replied Grandfather Frog. "'Catch me a foolish green fly, and I'll tell you any story you want.' "'But, but, but I can't catch foolish green flies,' cried Peter." I would if I could, but I can't, and you know I can't. You can try, replied Grandfather Frog gruffly, but with a twinkle in his eyes which Peter didn't see. Peter hesitated, and suddenly he shut his lips in a way that meant he had made up his mind to something. He looked this way and that way. Whichever way he looked, he saw foolish green flies flitting about. He jumped for one and missed it. He jumped for another and missed it. It was the beginning of such a funny performance that Grandfather Frog nearly rolled off his big green lily pad with laughter. Peter raced and jumped, this way and that way, on the banks of the smiling pool, as if he had gone quite crazy, and at last, in his excitement, jumped right into the smiling pool itself, after a foolish green fly but not one did he catch. As he crawled out of the water, looking forlorn enough, Grandfather Frog took pity on him. said he. Lie down there in the sun and dry off, Peter, and I'll tell you the story.' "'But I haven't caught you a foolish green fly,' exclaimed Peter. "'No, but you've tried, and willingness to try is just as deserving of reward as successful effort.' "'Now, what was it you wanted to know?' replied Grandfather Frog. "'If you please, I want to know how it is that my cousin Jumper the Hare happens to have a white coat in winter.' "'It seems to me very curious,' replied Peter. "'A long time ago in the beginning of things,' began Grandfather Frog old mother nature gave the first hare a brown coat and turned him out into the great world to shift for himself just as she had done with all the other animals that was a very easy matter for old mr hare who wasn't old then of course you see those were good times with plenty for all to eat without trying to eat each other mr hare was very bashful and like most bashful people, he liked to be by himself. So he made his home in the most lonely part of the green forest, and was very happy and contented for a long time. Now, being alone so much, made him very timid, ready to jump and run at the least unusual sound. And this, it happens, proved to be a very good thing for Mr. Hare, you see being by himself that way he had plenty to eat even after the hard times of which you have heard had begun so he was in splendid condition was mr hare even after some of the other little people had begun to grow thin because of lack of food one day mr Lynx happened to stray to that part of the green forest where mr hare was living he saw mr hare before mr hare saw him he licked his lips hungrily ha thought he this is where i get a good dinner with this he began to creep ever so softly towards mr hare but careful as he was he stepped on a tiny stick and it snapped instantly away went mr hare without stopping to see what had made the noise That was because he had grown so timid from living so much alone. Then Mr. Lynx made a mistake. With a yell he started after Mr. Hare, and so Mr. Hare learned that it was no longer safe to trust his neighbors. Mr. Lynx didn't catch Mr. Hare because Mr. Hare was too swift of foot for him, but he gave him such a scare that Mr. Hare was more timid than ever. Others tried to catch him, and little by little Mr. Hare learned that he must always be on the watch, and that safety lay in two things, his long legs and his brown coat. He learned about the latter by being surprised once by Mr. Wolf. He knew that Mr. Wolf didn't see him as he crouched among the brown leaves. For once he was too frightened to run, Mr. Wolf was so close to him, and this, as it happened, was a very good thing. Mr. Wolf trotted right past without seeing him or smelling him. After that, Mr. Hare tried that trick often, for he was smart, was Mr. Hare. When he suspected that he had been seen, he ran, but when he felt sure that he hadn't been seen, he sat tight right where he happened to be. But when the first snow came, Mr. Hare found himself in a peck of trouble. He didn't dare sit still when an enemy was near, because his brown coat stood out so against the white snow, and when he ran it was an easy matter to keep him in sight. One day he was squatting under a snow-covered hemlock bough when he was startled by the howl of Mr. Wolf not far away, in his fright he jumped up, and the next thing he knew, down came the snow from the bough all over him. Then, to his dismay, he saw Mr. Lynx not two jumps away. He sat still from force of habit. Mr. Lynx didn't see him and went right past. Presently Mr. Wolf came along and he went right past. Mr. Hare was puzzled. Then he just happened to glance at his coat. He was white with snow from head to foot. Then he understood, and a great idea popped into his head. If only he could have a brown coat in summer and a white coat in winter, he felt sure that he could take care of himself. He thought about it a great deal. Finally, he screwed up his courage and went to old mother nature. He told her all about how he had learned to sit tight when he wasn't seen, but that it didn't always succeed when there was snow on the ground. Then he told her how Mr. Lynx and Mr. Wolf had run right past him the time he was covered with snow. Very timidly he asked old mother nature if she thought it possible that he might have a white coat in winter. Old mother nature said that she would think about it. It was almost the end of winter then, and he heard nothing from old mother nature. With the coming of summer he quite forgot his request. But old mother nature didn't. She kept an eye on Mr. Hare, and saw how timid he was, and how he was in constant danger from his hungry neighbors. With the beginning of the next winter, Mr. Hare discovered one day that his coat was turning white. He watched it day by day, and saw it grow whiter and whiter, until it was as white as the snow itself. Then he knew that old mother nature had not forgotten his request, and at once hastened to thank her. And from that day to this, the hares have had brown coats in summer, and white coats in winter, concluded Grandfather Frog. Oh, thank you, Grandfather Frog. Cried peter, with a little sigh of contentment. I-I wish I could catch a foolish green fly for you. I'll take the will for the deed, peter, replied Grandfather Frog, and he suddenly snapped up a foolish green fly that flew too near. End of chapter eleven. Recording by Arnold Banner, Mount Vernon, Maine.